What's going on, y'all? James Hicks here from Infotainment News and ITN Live. Look, been wanting to do this for a long time. This being starting a podcast to go along with the with the site and go along with the other social media platforms we have. But been always trying to find the right platform to use. Right, been looking for how to get the message out to our engaged readers, our engaged viewers how to essentially really how to monetize and believe it or not I found the right platform that's getting the job done that's going to be easy to use and easy to set up that platform is anchor anchor is a one-stop shop for recording hosting and distributing your podcast best of all it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use and now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Check it out. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. This is an ad for Anchor, if you didn't guess that by now. Check it out. If you want to get started with Anchor, if you want to start sending out your message, owning your own platform, broadcasting your message, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me, join the rest of the diverse uh, authors and owners of content out there. Get your podcast off the ground. Let us know where it is. Talk to you soon. Y'all be cool. Ladies and gentlemen, James Hicks here, Infotainment News, ITN Live. Thank you for joining me for another episode. This is going to be a good one. You know, they're all good, but, you know, uh, they, they get better. And, and, and my guest tonight is uh, someone, if you're in the sports, if you're spe- uh, specifically basketball, if you're from around Sacramento, you should know this guy, right? Uh Bill Horenda. Bill Horenda is a NBA contributor, college basketball analyst, reporter, and speaker. Uh, he served as the Sacramento Kings insider on NBC Sports Bay Area and the morning sports update anchor on KFBK. Since I last saw Bill, he has moved to Los Angeles and he now adds actor to his growing bio and has appeared in some TV shows, including SWAT on CBS. He's been in a couple of movies, done some videos and some commercials. We're going to definitely talk about some of his his acting chops uh, for sure. Uh, From the basketball and especially the college basketball scene, Bill serves as analyst on national TV and radio broadcasts covering games for nearly all of the big conferences, right? So Pac-12, Pac-10, Big 12, all of those. 
Born in Jersey City, he's East Coast man as myself. He knows his way up and down the uh, the basketball court. He uh, he played for UMass. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bill Horenda. Bill, how you James, doing, sir? Absolutely terrific, James. It's so good to be with you and uh, so happy to reconvene and hope everyone is doing well given the uh, current uh, turbulent circumstances that we're living in. That, you know, that, that can go all kind of ways there, brother. You know, that, 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 that just a, a can of worms that you open. But we'll focus maybe on the COVID right now and, and what I'll do. Um, first of all, the intro there. You, you got a lot of stuff going on in, in, in your life, man. You've got a long resume. Uh, yeah. We, we initially met uh, when you were slinging uh, IT equipment. Right, we, we we were both slinging uh, computer equipment and cloud computing services at uh, at a data center facility here in, in Northern California, and now, I think you're doing what you're meant to be doing, right? You're 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 in sports, especially basketball, because your, your brother's a coach. You played, right? I mean, you you are basketball. So, what what? Why the shift? Let me, let me, I guess, start with that and ask, you know, you know, you started doing one thing, maybe you hadn't found your passion or, or, or what first, but what, what took you so much time, I guess, to, to finally get to where you are now? I mean, it, was, was it, you know, finding the right uh, resource, finding, finding the right team to work with or what? Talk, talk to us about how you got to where you are right now. Right, right. No, that's a great question, James. And I think that uh, everyone's path is, is quite unique. And uh, I, I think a lot of, like a lot of people, I'm just trying to really listen to the universe and to be doing what you're meant to be doing. And uh, it's really evolved. I, I mean, the, the funny thing is that I was very happy in the corporate world uh, in various sales and marketing capacities. And then I had really been away from basketball for a while, had young kids, and uh, all of a sudden they was over at UC Davis doing radio analysis on their games. And uh, Scott Marsh, who's still the play-by-play guy there, uh, was kind enough to give me an opportunity along with Larry Swanson. and My brother-in-law, Ken O'Brien, who played football at UC Davis and then later with the New York Jets, it, it made the introduction there. And just one thing led to another. And it's just kind of uh, funny because uh, I spent some time last week at a sports broadcasting camp virtually for kids. And one of the main themes is, never say no to an opportunity. And ironically, the radio analysis led to TV analysis with college basketball. Then I was asked to do football sideline reporting for UC Davis's radio broadcast. That led to KFBK and doing the radio updates there. So the reason why I bring that up is because if I hadn't had the experience working the sidelines, UC Davis, quick in and out, quick in and out. I would not have been able to, to really do a good job at KFBK. Anyway, uh, so it has evolved. It took me a while. I was a late starter with broadcasting. And, uh, and you know, with acting, I, I feel like this journey is still continuing, and I'm just trying to hang on and ride the waves and, and enjoy it. Uh, so it's been quite circuitous, no, no doubt, but, I, but it's been fun. It's been fun, and I, I'm, I'm really anxious to see what's next, to be honest. I love it. I love it. And ladies and gentlemen, you will, you will notice that uh, Mr. Horrenda has a incredibly vast vocabulary. <laughs> I can't even begin to spell, I can say it, circuitous. 
But uh, that that's impressive. I, that that that's that's good stuff there. Man. <laughs> I I, I got to I give, give you that one right there. Um, you see, Davis. I, I remember, and I don't know if you remember this. You gave me tickets to a UC Davis football game. Uh, I took my kids to that particular game. Uh, so thank you. Many years later, <laughs> thank you again for sure. the tickets. But that was the one game. Uh, I think you were there on the sidelines when the power went out. Yes, it was, it was like the final play <laughs> of the fourth quarter. We didn't think anything was going to happen. We start walking out. As we're walking out of off the field, the lights go out, <laughs> and it, all of UC Davis is pitch dark. We don't know what's going on. Um, you, do you remember that game? I do. I do, James. And you know what's funny? It's it's a good thing that that's a turf field because <laughs> the, the sprinklers probably would have gone off if it had been natural turf, right? Uh, but I do remember that, and I think it was. I, I don't know if it was Northern Colorado, and I think Davis lost that game. They did lose that uh, game, yes. They did lose that game because there was a game, for, it was either the year prior or the year after where they won on a Hail Mary pass last second. And I think it may have been Northern Colorado, the Bears, uh, that were at Aggie Stadium on Soaker Field. And it's just kind of weird how you have different matchups and there are some strange things that occur. But yeah. great memories, great, great uh <laughs> Great time. What a, what an excellent venue to, uh, I hope you, I'm sure you guys enjoyed it because it's just such a nice venue to, uh, yeah. to, to watch, watch sports out there for sure. Well, look, I, 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 I went to Sac State and graduated as, as a Hornet, but uh, I have had a number of friends who went to Davis and I, I love Davis. If you ask my wife, I still want to move to Davis for whatever reason. I, I don't have any, anyone living there right now, but I, I just definitely love that whole town and that whole vibe there. So, uh, yeah, that was that was that was definitely a good time for sure. Um, let's let's talk NBA, right? I mean that that's again that's your wheelhouse. That's what you do. Uh, we're having this conversation uh, the evening after our local team put up some some nice numbers against uh, New Orleans. What was that? Uh, one forty to one twenty five. So I guess let me ask you this: Are you focusing? more on the, the the league as a whole or you know while you were here you were obviously focusing quite quite heavily on the kings are, are you still focusing just on the kings or are you, again, are you looking at the the whole league as a whole now yeah yeah very broadly james so i'll look at the whole league uh teams individual players trends so i'll do uh you know it really varies but i, I do some weekly interviews on sb nation radio for example yeah. Uh, I'll drop, I'll pop on to KNBR in San Francisco uh, from right. time to time in different markets throughout the country. So, uh, yeah, definitely now a very broad look at the league. But I try to, you know, especially lean, uh, you know, a little bit West Coast, certainly with the Lakers and the Clippers here in Los Angeles and the Kings and the Warriors up north. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And, and particularly now with, with these circumstances in the bubble in Orlando, uh, it's been really fascinating to watch on so many different levels, right? L literally, the different camera angles and figuratively to watch uh, what's occurring. So, but the Kings today, their offense was scintillating. I mean, they were absolutely terrific. Like you said, they put up 140 points. You know, Bogdanovich came back after an anemic one for 15 performance in that overtime loss against Dallas and put up a career high 35. A Fox was great. Uh, as well with 30 points. Harrison Barnes was steady with 22. So I, I was really impressed with Sacramento's effort today. 
to come up with their first win in the bubble after a tough overtime loss to Dallas. And now we'll, this will be a test of their mettle tomorrow, uh, playing in a back-to-back against a very plucky Brooklyn team who got blown out by the Celtics, but they had previously beaten Milwaukee, uh, had the Brooklyn Nets. So, so it'll be – it's like anything else, uh, you know, uh, whether it's sales and tech, uh, playing in the NBA broadcasting, you're only as good as your last effort. And uh, that's, I, that's I why like I really that. enjoy about all those things that, uh, that that we're fortunate enough to do. And I mean, look at you. I, I love your your mantra, which is almost just about verbatim to Jonathan Simmons, the longtime NBA free agent. Stay ready, so you don't have to get ready. Stay ready, so you have to get ready. That's it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, so let, let me ask you this: because um, you, you're you're not in Sacramento anymore. You're, you're, you're physically in Los Angeles. Talk to me about that whole move. Cause that's, that's a whole different culture change, right? I mean, I mean, Sacramento is fantastic. Roseville where, where I'm at is wonderful. But when you, when you go down South to Los Angeles, a lot faster, right? It just, just in terms of the energy that that's down there in the Los Angeles area. So, and, and where physically are, are you? Are you, uh, LA oh, James, I, I can't say that. I, I just had a security concern with paparazzi. <laughs> I really, well, I, true. I, I really <laughs> can't go there. I really can't go. There. But no, you know, it's interesting because uh, the big, the, big time movie star. Now, you know, again, you know, the man, the man, and with the with the IMDb uh, page. Now, I, I, I hear you. That's all right. I, 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 <laughs> right, right, right. So no, what, what what's very interesting is that uh, you know I was the Kings Insider on NBC Sports Bay Area for a season. Contract wasn't renewed uh, for a number of years. Okay. Did the morning sports on KFBK, uh, both terrific experiences. But sports was removed from the uh, from the programming schedule there. So you know it, it was previously uh, news, traffic, weather, business, sports. Right. And I think I did that sequence correct. I may not have said it correctly. You know, well, I, think, I think it was weather, weather on the tens and, you know, sports on the half. Right. So, something something right. I don't remember. I, I'm, right. I'm old, old Tom Sullivan <laughs> days, right? I haven't watched KFBK in a long time. But, you know, right. shout, shouts out to the old KFBK when they were yeah, just AM, not, long, not FM. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. an AM guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And we'll get to music, too. But, no, <laughs> so basically, to move to L.A. is like, so, uh you know, opportunity uh, with acting, you know, uh, the entertainment mecca, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, personally for me, it's funny you say it about the pace and all, because it, it does remind me, it's very different than New York. But having grown up in the shadows, literally, of the skyline of Manhattan, right across the Hudson River. But like you said, born in Jersey City, my family's from Hoboken. I went to St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City. There, 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 to me, it, it feels very much like home in a lot of ways. I love it. I, I love the, and I love Sacramento too. But you know, here before the pandemic, you'd go to a park and you'd have somebody, you know, rehearsing uh, their lines, right? Yeah. And then you know, you you walk through the park. Somebody's working on a dance routine. Somebody's sipping cappuccino. A producer's probably working on uh, some other stuff. So from sides to music. For the whole bit, there is there is a lot of energy, and uh, and, and it's and it's and it's worked out well. But I, I think also the one of the salient points is that you know opportunities will uh, present themselves uh, again. You know, accept them, do the best you can, stay in the moment, uh, always try to do the best you can at that specific project. Mm-hmm. But 
sometimes things don't last forever. And I think it's about, you know, again, staying ready so that you don't have to get ready and embracing some different opportunities. So the acting thing has been, has been fun and it's been, uh, I think another way to, to kind of stretch your skills and, and yeah. get better and improve it. And what better place to do it than, uh, than, than down here. Yeah. I, I mean, so the, Again, when I, when I was looking at some of the, the, the past work that, that you've done, like um, on SWAT, on, on the show SWAT, you were you were literally a, you were calling a pickup game, uh, what was it, on, on Venice Beach, a pickup basketball game. I mean, that that's, there's no one else that can be typecast besides you to do that. <laughs> I, I, you do that in your sleep. So now let, let me ask you something this. You, you don't go to a script reading wearing uh, that Mets hat, do you? <laughs> you can't do that, no, right? I mean, no, that, you, that that could immediately get you pushed out the back door if you wear a Mets hat down in LA. That's right. Don't wear this to the audition. <laughs> when you when you no, get the role, maybe you can show up. Yeah. But you're right. You yeah, think a lot then, of yeah, act like then you can you know walk in with a little swagger and, and then wear right. all of your, your jersey and and your your East Coast gear. But yeah, when, when you yeah. when you go into your script reading, make sure you're wearing some Lakers or some Angels or, <laughs> or, or something like that. That's 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 pretty good stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the, I guess, you know, what's really front of mind is again from 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 a sports perspective, and I, and I guess because you because you're living it and you're you're talking about it every single day. What, how is the conversations happening right now about about that whole bubble? Right, I mean, all of the players and the coaches and and the core staff down in Florida. How, how what what are you hearing? You you know, at 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 your level in terms of how folks are really dealing with that. You know, I saw a story on, on ESPN.com earlier, I think it was yesterday, about all the Amazon packages come in, all the players shipping in, just, just stuff, like video game weights for working out, uh, refrigerators, just, just stuff like that. How, what are you hearing from the media and the press perspective about how the folks inside that area are, are acclimating? Right. You know, and, and I think wine is another popular item, James, because <laughs> that, you know, really is is a reminder of home. Right. A comforting yeah. thing and, and, and what have you, if that's your thing. Right. I mean, we can yeah. do tea or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that it, it, from what I'm hearing, too, it's it's been you know, it's still early, uh, relatively speaking. And it'll I think it'll be interesting to see how this thing evolves and, and how, as the seeding games uh, roll on here. And, you know, you look at Sacramento, like what I have that they have four, they're about midway through, they have four games left. And then you get into the playoffs and, and what have you. But I think the NBA has done a really terrific job here of proving that you can keep people safe. Because I think yeah. the perspective going into it, of course, was, you know, uh, hoping for the best, maybe expecting not the best. And, What's paramount is safety for the players, for the coaching staff, for the game operations crew, of course, the referees, safety of everyone involved. And, you know, knock wood, we saw the uh, announcement today that, again, there have been zero COVID cases there. Yeah. So I, I think what they're proving is that uh, in a controlled environment, uh, it can be safe. I've been impressed by the, le by the level of play. I mean, there's been some unbelievable offense. Talk about the Sacramento Kings, uh, you know, putting up 140 points earlier today. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. It's fun. And one of the things, James, really about the NBA uh, and acting and you know, entertainment is that we're always learning. 
right? We're always learning. And I, I, I feel as though you look at this and you think that defense would be somewhat ahead of offense because you could kind of reestablish the pillars that you've built your defense on back in training camp, which seems like so long ago. But again, you fall back to the default of these are the 450 best players in the world, and they will expose you offensively with their skills, right? If you're not ready, if you're not prepared. So I've been yeah. surprised by that. But uh, overall, I, I think it's been certainly a, a great experiment. I, I just hope that everyone is uh, maintaining themselves, not only physically and on the floor, but also uh, from a mental psychological aspect that they're feeling good about things and yeah. staying in touch with family, all those That's things. Because because these are you know they're, they're, NBA players are, are people, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like they, they yeah. are people have the same uh, needs, wants, desires, challenges that that we all have, and I think sometimes that gets a little bit lost. But the league has done a great job, I think, on that front as well, uh, from the standpoint of of mental health and Kevin Love and other guys. Demar Derozan have been very vocal yeah. about that, yeah. and of course now we see the league stepping up from a social justice standpoint too. Of course. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. You know, I, I, I have to concur with you on, on all of that. I mean, I think the NBA is doing things the right way, right? Just from awareness, from advocating for social justice and, and social messages, uh, from the fact that they're keeping everyone safe. Again, no one can get in, no one can get out without being tested, your temperature and things like that. So uh, hopefully we'll see that in the other leagues as well, right? You know, I, I worry about football because again, that, that just seems to be just a, almost a crapshoot, just a harder dynamic to, to, to control as opposed to the NBA. I mean, it just it seems to be easier to manage an indoor game like, like the NBA versus, uh, you know, a football team and a football league outdoor. Pre- so we'll see how that all works out. Um, I know it's early in the season, and I, I, I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, I, I can't have a, an NBA analyst on, on, on camera here without asking for some predictions. You know, you, you know, you, your boys down in Los Angeles seem to be trying to do something. But what, who are you seeing, or who do you want to see uh, at, the, at the end of this, at the end of this uh, very special season? Well, well you know what, James? I, I, I'm going to stick with this. You know, I, I think it's going to be Milwaukee and the Clippers in the finals. And I think wow. Milwaukee is going to get it okay. done. Okay. I mean, you know, l- listen, what, what, the, what you strive for, uh, I believe, is balance in the NBA in, in yeah. today's league. Because you have to be able to score, but you also have to defend. Now, Steve Clifford uh, is a friend of mine, the head coach with the Orlando Magic. He says, listen, unless you can go for 25 a night, uh, you know, you still have to guard your position. And there are only 15, 14 guys in the league who average more than 25 a night. But when I look at Milwaukee, you know, the, the, the gaudy scoring margin, plus 11.3, I, I know they haven't been too scintillating uh, down in the bubble. But, you know, a first in pace, first in defensive rating, uh, seventh in offensive rating. And, listen, we have not had an NBA champion. We've only had two, actually, in the past 20 years outside the top 10 in defensive rating. And that being the Lakers in 01, and then the, the Warriors just a couple of years ago, and they were knocking on the door of the, uh, of the of the top ten in defensive rating. So I really like Milwaukee. I think they've learned from their playoff experience last year. I mean, you can't say enough superlatives about Giannis. 
And the reason why I like the Clippers so much is that I, I really feel as though, you know, the meek may inherit the earth, but they're not going to go deep into the playoffs. And I think they have guys that really play with an edge. Uh, you know, whether it's Montrez Harrell, we haven't seen yet, uh, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams. You know, they just play with, with an edge, not to mention Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard and what terrific two-way players yeah. they are. So anyway, yeah. I, I've, I've been on that for a while. I, I think Milwaukee at seven over the Clippers is my uh, – and I, I love you putting me on the spot. It's got to be done. Oh, I'm going to put you on the spot. I, I'm not going to put any money on it, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't advise I'm, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to write this down and make sure I remember this at the, at the end of the season. Uh, I, I, interesting question that came up here. Uh, this is from – Someone who's very close to me and I know as well. They, they're uh, they're Syracuse fans. They are uh, St. Mary's college fans. So they're you know D one school. So talk to us about yeah. What do, what, what do you think about the NBA versus the NCAA in terms of uh, some some lessons learned? Yeah, Grace. That's a terrific question. That was my mom's name, so I'm always partial to uh, people <laughs> named Grace. Thanks for joining us. So. I think the NCAA will learn from the NBA. The, the challenge that the NCAA has is uh, being so spread out and having the budgetary constraints to bring everyone into a central location. Yeah. I think what they'd like to do is they would like to have games that are played. You know, when you think about it, you have your non-conference portion of the schedule Okay, so number one, if they're able to do that, meaning that you're not going to play the teams yet in your conference, you do that a little bit later on. So I think they will limit the geography of those non-conference games. So, for example, my brother's the head coach at FDU back in New Jersey. Now, they will not go to Notre Dame, to Kentucky, uh, to Ohio State as they have in the past. They'll play okay. Seton Hall. They'll play Rutgers. Those teams, they usually play them. Maybe they'll go up to Syracuse and, and play the Orange. So they'll try to contain it on a regional basis. Now, I'm not an infectious disease doctor nor an epidemiologist, but as we get closer to the season, I think it'll crystallize whether or not we'll even have a non-conference portion of the season, right? We're seeing in football where some of them are just yeah. going to have conference schedules. Yeah. So uh, it's, a, it's a kind of a moving target. Uh, now, the one thing – to Grace's question is could you do an NCAA tournament in one location like in Orlando but the problem becomes how, how do you determine which teams to invite or to right. have there yeah. so you can't have all 325 teams but and then how do you so anyway I, I do think though and I apologize if this is loquacious and I'm all over the place but I do think though if they Get, are able to get their conference schedules completed, maybe what they do is go old school and go, listen, we're going to take uh, the 32 or 34 teams that have won the regular season in your conference and bring them to an all-land, to a central location. And I think there you could see the NCAA okay. completely using the NBA playbook. Got you. Gotcha. And good so, luck, Syracuse. The great. So, the, so the, the Kentuckys, the Dukes. Uh, I mean, the, those folks who would have normally placed uh, if it, it was if it was a regular season. So, yeah, you know that makes sense. But uh, smarter minds than me, I guess, will figure that out. But uh, that that is you know some relevant conversations uh, that that need to be happening right now. Um, Strictly. Let's, let's 
Let, let's flash back a little bit uh, because, you know, sports, again, is, is pretty much everything that you've done. And last I recall as well, before you kind of dove wholeheartedly in, into, the, into the analyst world, you were working with the, the Positive Coaching Alliance, right? And, and, and that you were specifically focused on their chapter here in Sacramento. What was your, what was your role in, in that? Yeah, so you know what you're saying? I was the executive director, and That's the right, mantra yeah. was better athletes, better people. And basically, you were looking at taking the lessons from athletics and helping student athletes, uh, namely grammar school through high school, coaches and parents recognize, you know, the bigger picture. So, you know, Phil Jackson says, hey, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot more to life than basketball, but there's a lot more to basketball than basketball. And people like Phil Jackson – uh, Doc Rivers, Dusty Baker, uh, Ronnie Lott. Uh, it was an amazing list of national advisory board members. And my job basically was to uh, help facilitate workshops for parents, coaches, and student athletes in the various uh, little leagues and, and youth sports organizations as well as schools, facilitate the, those workshops and help raise the money uh, to do them. And we had a great uh, local board of directors made up of a cross section of coaches like the late Jim Soaker and business people who were terrific from uh, Hunter Green, who's an orthopedic surgeon, John Stone, uh, John Finnegan, who's a longtime supporter. Uh, this is Andy Beal, who started Max Preps. This is always problematic. Yeah. Lori yeah. Rude, you know, you name one or a couple of board members. <laughs> you got to name them all, right? You, you got to name them but, all. But, yeah, but, but, see, but, but in, in, in high school sports, you mentioned Max Preps. Again, er, everyone who's an athlete or, or a parent of an athlete, they know, okay, I, I know that. that. That's my kid's right. uh, uh, highlight reel, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right. So, yeah, so you know what, James? That was a great experience, and that, that was a good opportunity to, uh, to kind of support what I'm really passionate about and kind of leverage uh, some experience in marketing and sales. And, and I, I also, we had great trainers, uh, Ron Nochetti, Joe Thomas, Ruben Nieves. We had terrific trainers on uh, feet on the street. I delivered some workshops as well, uh, but yeah, it, it was a great, it was a great experience. And then I, I kind of left there to go to NBC sports area as the Kings insider, uh, and was working media full time at that point because I gotcha. started okay. to do the KFBK, which was an early morning deal. You know, the I was you know five a.m. to nine a.m. was the uh, was my KFBK right. okay. shift, if you will. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I caught you every now and then because you know, again, five a.m. is just I, I'm I'm the night owl. Right? <laughs> I, I, I can't I can't do the five a.m. then. But I will say, if you can get in touch with uh, Mr. Dusty Baker, a uh, good man, uh, he's got the Baker family winery up here in Elk Grove. I would, we would love Really? To I didn't know that. Show. James. So there's a yeah, little plug, you yeah. know, call, call Dusty up. Yeah, yeah okay. he's I, back I, in. I know he's, I know he's coaching in Houston. That's okay. Right. You know, right. Know, the family is up here. And if we can get some of that Baker family wine, I'm not going to turn it down. I, I got to deliver it. I got to deliver it. See, that's you, my, you, that's you got to bring that in, man. Time. You know, there it is, that's man. Right. We, we got to get something good out of 2020. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So any, any more movies, commercials? I told you, I'm, I'm not going to let you just slide off of having this IMDb thing going. And that, uh, what, what was that movie that you, you, you played the, uh, the minister in where you, where you did, the, did Spring, the marriage ceremony? Spring Breakaway. 
All James right, was so the name I, of that, and yeah. I, didn't, I didn't watch yeah. the whole movie. I, I, will, I will, I will, I will admit that looks like something that it's just not something I would. But I'm proud of you. Talk, talk to me about Thank that. You. How'd you, how'd you land that? You know, where were you in in a in a coffee shop in a peach somewhere or or what? In, in a coffee shop, and they said this guy right here has got the face. Let, let's make him the, uh, the the minister of ceremonies in in spring break. Right. Well, no, you know what, James? It was just one of these deals where uh, my agent uh, presented the opportunity to me. And uh, I think she probably had a relationship with the director uh, of this film and, and the casting dire- the casting director as well. And it's like anything else, uh, the ability to demonstrate your work on your reel, it just kind of builds. Uh, so, and, and, also, you know, acting is is one of these deals where you just cannot take it personally. You are you can only do the best that you can do and let the chips fall where they may because yeah. uh, it, it can be a, a a very persnickety analysis, right? As far as height, weight, all of these things, and and someone could look at you and say, "Hey, this guy would be great." You know, they always say, "Well, I like him, but I I, I have." someone else in mind who I think could carry this and do a good job. So, uh, and, you know, Jenna Fisher, who played uh, Pam in the office, has a a terrific book uh, called The Actor's Life. And uh, she says, you know what? You know if you're good. Now I'm paraphrasing. But she says, you know if you're good. If if you're good, you know, keep keep going. And uh, there's a lot of it, too. Joseph Perlman's a great acting coach down here in Los Angeles, Hollywood. And he's like, you know, the camera is going to see what it's going to see. So that's kind of a visual that kind of gets you over that hump of, well, you know, being concerned about what people are going to see. And, you know, he says great actors know uh, it's great because they can feel it. Hmm. You know, was it fun? Did you have an impact? Was it effortless? Did it feel like you? And those are, you know, the four uh, kind of criteria to judge whether or not you're you're doing a good job. So, I love it. I love it. I don't know if that makes uh, sense, but Joseph Perlman, he's this guy is is absolutely brilliant. You know, absolutely brilliant. Well, you know, you start dropping names, Jenna Fisher from The Office and everything. You know, everyone knows that. So we we know you're definitely part of the the in crowd now. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the, the, uh, the Los Angeles in crowd. Love that. love that. Well, you know what, James? I, I listen full about an hour of like journaling and, and what I would call deep work, like before I take a meeting, right before I hop into a Microsoft Teams or a Zoom call, you know, what are the key things I need to do? And, and you know, I have this tool, I use a productivity journal, kind of measuring my productivity and, and focus on that type of thing. And then also at night, I'll, I read a minimum of 10 to 15 minutes, you know, kind of before I go to bed. So I looked at that routine and I said, you know, what are the key things that are going to help me through COVID? And, um, you know, like many people, I've been lear- learning and pivoting, right? Like what what's working, what's not working. I've had my high moments. I've had my low moments. And, you know, I, I'm a social person. Like my wife's a little more of an introvert. So she goes, look, at introverts are going to rule right now. <laughs> Extroverts are going to be challenged. So I realized, you know, I had to, there's a couple things that I had to make sure I put in there. One was just having like non-business, non, you know, agenda conversations, right? So when we hop on any call, there's usually a time allotted to it. There's a there's a purpose, like from a meeting point of view, right? right? We're trying to get this done. But hey, I just want to connect with people and just have a conversation of where it goes. So really building that in, 
sometimes that's like uh, when we we're in more of a heavier lockdown was like having people come over and going for a walk. Um, let's just do a 30 minute walk, just catch up, have a conversation. Sometimes that was like a quick zoom call with a drink in hand. Let's just chat um, mm-hmm. and that type of thing. And then I realized like the other thing I want, I needed was, um, you know, I love to have intellectual conversations, philosophical conversations. Anyone yeah. that has yeah. hung out with me and had a few drinks with me will know <laughs> that's kind of where it's going to go. That's why, look, there was a method yeah. behind the madness. That's why I went that way, right? Yeah. I, I, that's yeah. specifically why I went this way. So, yeah. yes, sir. Yeah. So then I said, okay, well, I got to get some of that going. So uh, got connected to a book club, which is uh, okay. full of some of uh, business execs I know and that type of thing. And so, you know, we're reading a book a month and we're having conversations um on that type of thing. And then just participating in some uh, kind of like, I, I, like, I guess we'd call them like meetups, like Zoom meetups, where they're, they're having certain conversations around certain topics, uh, you know, social entrepreneurship, that type of thing, uh, where there's more of a like a philosophical high end conversation, not tactical, right, just working through ideas. And, and, and those have been huge for me, you know, like just, um, uh, just like, just really stimulating the mental part and the social part. And then the last thing I say is I just, I have a, like I have I call it the COVID roll call. So I just have a bunch of people on my roll call that, you know, I check, it pops up every two weeks. Like who haven't you chatted with? Who do you need to reach out yeah, to? That's good. Who might that's be good. off the radar screen, right? Because, you know, obviously everyone's in a different state. My son's 18. We have lots of our friends that have younger kids and they're just in such a different state. Um, you know, you don't, I've gone with not seeing them for a month, maybe a month and a half. And, uh, you know, they almost, sometimes I almost feel, and, and they, they, they welcome it as like drag them out. Right. Like, like, look at man, you've been in the house a little too long. Coffee's on me. Just come with me. I don't care. Bring the kids. If they're running around like crazy, that's fine. Let's just see each other. So those are the tactics that seem to have helped. I, you know, I, and this is just guesswork. I'm not a virologist or anything, but I expect at least in Canada, we're going to be, lockdown in October again that's our flu season it'll pick up yeah and so you know purposely going in the mountains purposely getting on the paddleboard and paddling the bow every weekend trying to get outdoors as much as possible just to recharge that part and you know our winter obviously here in Canada is a little harsh so um, that's a harder time to get outside so really trying to, to get outside as much as possible as well that was a uh... That was a softball question because <laughs> I, I knew you were going to take it that way. And, and, yeah. and you know, in all seriousness, you know, the reason why I did that again was kind of go back to how I opened. Yeah. I, I want folks to understand the character of the person that, that, we're talk- that I'm talking to today and the, the fact that you consciously take that time for yourself mm-hmm. every day to look after yourself mm-hmm. and then handle your business. Mm-hmm. And then you look out for the folks that are around you, that sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's incredibly critical. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we can forget that, especially at oh, times absolutely. like this right now when we're, we may have the blinders on. We're focused on maybe woe is me or, or whatever's yeah. going on. But stay cognizant of taking care of your of your, yourself, taking care of folks around you. So, again, I just wanted yeah. to I wanted yeah. to hear that, that dialogue and let other well, folks hear it as well. Well, one of the most important things inside that formula, and I think, you know, there's several quotes and I won't get them exactly right. But if, if you're if you're feeling sad, the best thing to do is go help somebody. Right. And, mm-hmm. and to me, that's what Give a Mile has been huge um, that, you know, when we help others, uh, when we're reaching out, whatever, you know, charity or form that is, that's your passion about. But when you're helping others it does something for yourself, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. I can't explain it. Right. That 
the fact that you're, you know, once again, that, that concept of like community or kinship of seeing each other, understanding the human condition and being there for each other. It's powerful. You know, I, I always say thank you to the families that we give flights to and, and, and they always say, why are you like, don't say thank you to me. And, and I'm like, but you don't understand. There's a, there's a couple things here. It's super helpful for myself, you know, just mm-hmm. what it means for my spirit, for my heart, um, you know, just your soul. Right. And then yeah. every time I do that, my, my, the memory of my, my friend Ryan's alive. Right. And I think of him and I reflect on him and, you know, he's been passed away 10 years now. Um, but he's still so much part of our family, our DNA, our community. And, you know, I, I, I just think he's giving me a wink, right. That every time one of those flights go out the door and, you know, his son's coming up on his son's 14 now. And, and, okay. um, he always asks me, you know, how many flights are going out the door? How many, how, how's given mile doing? And, and, and I just love the fact that this man who had, you know, such, um, gave such inspiration, such impact on us that he's still creating impact, even though yeah. he's left us. Right. You, you're definitely doing doing the good work, man. I, mm. I would definitely say that, and and I, and I, I'm internalizing a lot of what what you're saying as well. I'm going to take a lot of that to action, um, and my family knows. I mean, I, I I believe the exact same way that you're saying, right? Mm. So holidays, Christmas, birthdays, whatever, mm. folks will ask me, "What do you want for yeah. for your birthday or for a gift?" Yeah. I, I don't want anything. Make yeah. a donation to yeah. charity, yeah. Yeah, right? And, and for the, for yeah. you know for the past. Yeah. 20 years or so that's yeah. been what i've i've told folks give it yeah if you want to give me something give something to someone who really needs it absolutely right? and absolutely. and that that feeling of, of giving that little feeling of giving back of, of making some side sort of difference in mm-hmm. you know the the, the saint jude's the the yeah. the march of dimes where the can the american cancer Center, wherever now give them out uh yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> anywhere yeah. just just yeah. makes it worthwhile in terms of uh that that effort so so i I appreciate you saying that and 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 vocalizing that well well, there's Um, a great mental model and i forget who kind of gave me this exercise but and and this is there's no trick to this i'm not trying to use this as a you know some sort of trick to change your mind on religion or anything but it's a good mental exercise is that you know you come to the end of your life and you show up in a courtroom being positive a great discussion for folks to join in and engage Again, we're, we're, we're going to talk about technology. We're going to talk about how we take advantage and utilize technology. We we live it, the, the four of us, live it and breathe it every single day and have some ideas, have some best practices and ideas that we'd love to share with with uh, our constituents, our, our viewers and our listeners. So uh, stick with us. This is going to be great. This is going to be great for the soul, great for the mind. Uh, this is going to be another one of the uh, the calm and the headspaces that we take advantage of as, as we're during lockdown. So on that, uh, Yvonne, you got anything you want to say on in closing, sir? Uh, yeah, James, I'm very grateful to be here with you and uh, with Dave as well. Uh, I think uh, that's time well spent and uh, I'm looking forward for for the new series. I'm very excited and I have uh, uh, quite a few ideas of what we can talk about, including uh, different technologies for uh, uh, for collaboration and uh, maybe some cryptocurrencies that we can discuss, uh, uh, some protocols, uh, get really techy into, uh, into in, in working, working. So lots of topics we can, we can go for. Oh, I like I, I like that. You know, keeping everybody on their on their toes. I'm going to buy you a light. That's what I'm going to do. 
<laughs> I'm gonna talk to you tomorrow, and I'm gonna get your mailing address. I'm, I'm sending you some, that some light beyond that great. ET uh, little, little Mork egg that you have. So, um, <laughs> Dave, what about you, sir? Oh my gosh, look at this. What about you, sir? <laughs> no, this is great. I, I, I'm really looking forward to this this show and, and what we're gonna do with this moving forward. It's it's exciting. Um, it, it gives us an opportunity to talk about things that we love. Uh, so it's definitely great. And I love doing it with people that I, that I really like and, and love hanging out with. So this is going to be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what other people say and what they want to see us evolve the show into. We've got a lot of ideas of things we're going to throw in there, but I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing what the audiences think and, and uh, going from there. But this is fun. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. You got it. You got it, man. I, I think folks now have an idea what, what in the world is this thing? The technologist forum. Now you know this is the first peak. Join us again next time, folks. We appreciate you and thank you guys again for your support. We out.